بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about the farewell hajj of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and we mentioned that after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam came back to Al-Madinah about two and a half months later during the end of the month of Safar in the 11th year of the Hijrah the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam went with a servant of his named Abu Muwayhibah the two of them went together to the Baqi' graveyard in Al-Madinah. And the Prophet ﷺ made dua for those people who were buried in that graveyard. He asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them. And then he told Abu Muwayhibah, he said, Ya Abu Muwayhibah, I have been given a choice. I have been given a choice between staying on this earth with all of its treasures and then afterwards going to Jannah or meeting my Lord and going to Jannah. So Abu Muwayhibah radiallahu anhu, he said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, ikhtarna. Ya Rasulullah, choose us, stay with us. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, no, rather I have chosen meeting my Lord and going to Jannah. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went home and by the morning he had become ill. He had become ill with his final illness. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when the Prophet ﷺ was ill, he had a severe headache, he had high fever, and he felt generally weak. And this illness of the Prophet ﷺ lasted for about two weeks. And it progressively increased in severity during these two weeks. But even while the Prophet ﷺ was ill, he would give his wives their rights. He would stay at each one's house on her day. And he kept up with this for about a week, even while he was ill. But it's difficult to go from house to house, especially while you are sick. But the Prophet ﷺ did his best and he kept up with this even during his illness for about one week. When it was the day of the wife of the Prophet ﷺ, Maymuna radiallahu anha, when it was her day and the Prophet ﷺ was in, in her house, his illness became more severe. And he started asking, Aina ana ghada, Aina ana ghada, where am I tomorrow? Whose house am I in tomorrow? And he was hoping that it would be the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, because he would feel more comfortable there, especially during his illness. So the wives of the Prophet they got together and they all agreed that they would let him stay in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha as long as he needed to. He didn't have to go around the houses anymore. They wanted him to be comfortable. They knew that he would be most comfortable in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. So they all agreed, Ya Rasulullah, stay in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha as long as you need. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was pleased with this. And he was so ill and weak by this time that to go to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha, he had to actually be supported by two companions. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was supported on one side by Al-Fadl ibn al-Abbas radiallahu anhu and on the other side by Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu 
they actually carried him on their shoulders. He had to be supported on their shoulders. He was so weak that he couldn't even walk by himself to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. Al-Fadl ibn al-Abbas radiallahu anhumah. He was one of them who supported the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and carried him to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. Al-Fadl radiallahu anhi said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was so weak when we were carrying him. He was so weak when, when we were supporting him to take him to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha that his feet were dragging on the ground. He couldn't even walk. Rather, his feet were just dragging on the ground. That is how severe the illness and the weakness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had become by that point. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he reached the home of Aisha radiallahu anha and he stayed there for the remainder of his illness, which was about a week. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned during this illness, he said to Aisha radiallahu anha, Ya Aisha, ma azalu ajidu alam al-ta'am alladhi akaltu bi khaybar fahadha awan wajattun qita'a abhari min thalika sum the Prophet said during this illness, Ya Aisha, I still feel the pain from the food that I ate at Khaybar. And if you remember when we spoke about Khaybar, the Prophet had been invited by a Jewish woman to eat some food and he put a morsel in his mouth and that morsel was poisoned. The Jewish woman had poisoned that food. So the Prophet took that food out of his mouth but some of the poison was ingested. And the Prophet ﷺ, from that point on, he would still feel the effects of this poison. So now, when he was close to passing away, وسلم, he said to Aisha anha, فَهَذَا أَوَانْ وَجَتْ إِنْقِطَاعَ أَبْهَرِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ That this time, Ya Aisha, I am feeling that my aorta is being cut off due to this poison. So this was the severity of the illness of the Prophet wasallam, And it, it continued to increase as the days went by. But still, even during his illness, the Prophet wasallam, at the time of Salah, when it was time to pray in the masjid, the Prophet wasallam, would gather his strength and he would get up and he would go out to the masjid and he would lead the people in Salah. And then he would go back to his home. He did this as long as he was able to, for a number of days. But during the last three days of his illness, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, during those last three days, his illness had become so severe and his weakness had become so severe that he was unable to come anymore to the masjid and lead the people in salah. So his fever had become so severe, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, his fever had become so severe that one companion, radiallahu anhu, he said, that I put my hand on the forehead of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I couldn't keep it there because it was so hot, the extreme heat due to his fever. So this companion radiallahu anhu, he touched the forehead of the Prophet sallallahu and he had to remove his hand quickly because it was so hot. That's how severe the fever of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had become. During his illness, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would sometimes actually lose consciousness and then he would regain his consciousness. And at one point, he asked for water to be brought in seven water skins from different wells in Medina and to be poured on him. So the companions, عنهم, they did as the Prophet had commanded. They brought this water for him in seven different water skins from different wells of Medina and they poured it upon him. And then the Prophet felt some relief. 
The Prophet led his final Salatul Jumu'ah on the 9th of Rabi'ul Awwal, in the 11th year of the Hijrah. The 9th of Rabi'ul Awwal, the 11th year of Hijrah, this was the final Salatul Jumu'ah of the Prophet. And on that day, he addressed the people and he told them, Soon I will be absent from you. So, whoever amongst you, if I have hit you on the back, then here is my back for you to hit me. If I have borrowed money from anyone, then take it back from me. And do not fear that I will be upset. If you come to me asking for your rights from me, do not think that I will get angry or upset. This is not from my character to react in this way. And the most beloved amongst you to me are those people who will come and take their rights from me. If you have any rights upon me, take them from me. That is the most beloved to me. So then there was a man who said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, you owe me three dirhams. You owe me three dirhams. Three dirhams, it's a very small amount of money. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, you owe me three dirhams. And the Prophet ﷺ ordered for the man to be paid. So he was paid his three dirhams. Now some of the other companions, they were upset at what this companion did. It's only three dirhams. They said, why did you take that from Rasulullah ﷺ? Such a small amount. Why did you need to take it from him? And then this, this companion radiallahu anhu, he said, didn't you hear what he said? He said, the most beloved amongst you are those who will take the rights that they have upon me. So I didn't care about the money. I don't care about the three dirhams. But the Prophet ﷺ said that the most beloved of the people to him are those who will take their rights from him. So I wanted to be from them. I wanted to be from the most beloved of the people to the Prophet ﷺ. That's why I asked him for it. Not because I wanted the money back from him. This is how much love they had for the Prophet ﷺ. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he continued addressing the people. And he said to the people, Allah has given one of his servants a choice between the treasures of this earth or Jannah. He didn't mention that it was himself. He said, Allah has given one of his servants a choice between having the treasures of this earth or having Jannah. And that servant chose Jannah. So when Abu Bakr heard this, he cried. He cried. And he said, بَلْ نَفْدِيكَ بِأَنفُسِنَا وَأَبْنَائِنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ We will ransom you with ourselves and with our children, يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ And Abu Bakr was crying. And the other companions, they didn't understand. They didn't understand what is Abu Bakr saying and why is he crying? The Prophet ﷺ just mentioned that Allah gave one of his servants a choice between the treasures of this earth and Jannah. And this servant chose Jannah. They didn't understand that the Prophet ﷺ was speaking about himself. Only Abu Bakr understood that. And that is why he cried. So it shows that Abu Bakr had the greatest comprehension and understanding amongst the companions of Rasulullah ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ at this time also ordered for all of the doors that came into the masjid to be closed except for the door of Abu Bakr. So the companions عنهم, they all had houses around the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ and for easy access to the masjid they, they built doors between their homes and the masjid so they could just come out from that back door and get into the masjid of the Prophet ﷺ. So a number of companions had did this. So the Prophet ﷺ ordered for all of those doors to be closed. 
except for the door of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And this is a clear indication that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was the one who was going to take over the Muslim ummah after the passing away of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi A clear sign and indication that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was to be the Khalifa after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi So he ordered all of those doors to be closed except the door of Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. And he said, لَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا خَلِيلًا لَاتَّخَذْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ وَلَكِنْ أَخِي وَصَاحِبِي The Prophet ﷺ said, If I were to take a close friend in this world, it would have been Abu Bakr. But instead he is my brother and he is my companion. The Khalil, the close friend of the Prophet ﷺ is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it just shows the high position and status that Abu Bakr radiallahu an had with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave some instructions regarding the army that he had ordered to be prepared under the leadership of Usama ibn Zayd radiallahu an. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had ordered an army to be prepared under the leadership of Usama ibn Zayd to Al-Balqa which is in Palestine to fight against the Ghassasina the Christians who were under the umbrella of the Roman Empire. Now Usama, who the Prophet ﷺ appointed to be in charge of this army, he was very young at this time. He was only 18 years old and the Prophet ﷺ gave him the responsibility to command this army. So some of the companions, they felt uncomfortable with this, that such a young person is going to be the commander of this army. So they felt some discomfort at this. And when the Prophet ﷺ heard that some of the companions felt uncomfortable with Usama being the commander, the Prophet ﷺ addressed this and he said, He is worthy. Usama ibn Zayd is worthy of being a commander just like his father Zayd ibn al-Haritha was worthy of being a commander. Usama is worthy of it and he is ready for it. So with these words of the Prophet ﷺ and this confidence that the Prophet ﷺ showed in Usama those companions who had some reservations about it, they felt comfort at this. If the Prophet ﷺ is saying this and he is completely comfortable with it, then of course that means it is true. Usama is worthy of this position. So they felt comfort at that when the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this. And now they were ready to go and be under the leadership of Usama ibn Zayd radiallahu anhu. Now Usama radiallahu anhu, he was ready to go with his army, but because of the sickness of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he decided to delay leaving. He decided to delay it until knowing what the situation of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was going to be. He didn't want to leave the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in this condition while the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was ill. So he decided to delay going out. After Salatul Jumu'ah, the ninth of Rabi'ul Awwal, the Prophet ﷺ went back to his home and then his sickness intensified again. And Usama went to visit the Prophet ﷺ. And he saw that the Prophet ﷺ was very ill. He was so ill at this point that the Prophet ﷺ couldn't even speak. But when he saw Usama, and Usama ibn Zayd was very beloved to the Prophet ﷺ, just like his father Zayd ibn Haritha was very beloved to the Prophet ﷺ. So when Usama came in, the Prophet ﷺ saw him, but he couldn't speak to him. But rather, he just pointed to the sky and he pointed to Usama to let Usama know that he is making dua for him. That he is making dua for him. He wanted Usama to know that. 
So this was the concern that the Prophet ﷺ had for Usama radiallahu an, even though the Prophet ﷺ himself was in a very weak condition. So the illness continued to intensify that day, the day of Jumu'ah, but still the Prophet ﷺ at the time of Asr, he was able to gather his strength and energy and he came and he led the people in Salatul Asr. And even at the time of Salatul Maghrib, he was able to come out and lead the people in Salatul Maghrib. But by the time of Isha, by the time of Salatul Isha, the Prophet ﷺ had become so weak that he couldn't get up anymore. And for Salatul Isha, he was not able to go to the masjid and lead the people in Salah. Actually, the Prophet ﷺ fell unconscious. And when he regained consciousness, he asked Aisha radiallahu anha if the people have prayed, have the people prayed Salatul Isha? And Aisha radiallahu anha, she said to the Prophet wasallam, No, Ya Rasulullah, they have not prayed yet, they are waiting for you. They are waiting for you. But the Prophet wasallam knew that he didn't have the strength and energy to go out and lead them. So he told Aisha radiallahu anha, Muru Aba Bakrin nas. Go get Abu Bakr and command Abu Bakr to lead the people in the prayer. Let Abu Bakr lead the people in the prayer. Now Aisha radiallahu anha, she was worried about this instruction of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And she said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, Abu Bakr, he cries a lot when he reads Quran. So if he is leading the salah and he's reading Quran and he's crying, he cries so much that the people behind him who are praying behind him, they won't even be able to understand what he's reading. They won't even be able to tell which surah he's reading. He cries so much in his salah. So Ya Rasulullah, maybe you can appoint Umar ibn al-Khattab Maybe you can appoint him instead. He has a stronger voice. And the Prophet ﷺ, he did not accept this. He said to her a second time, Muru Aba Bakrin bin Nas. Order Abu Bakr to come and lead the people in prayer. Then Aisha radiallahu anha, she repeated her request a second time. Ya Rasulullah, instead of Abu Bakr, maybe Umar can do it. And for the second time, again, the Prophet ﷺ repeated, Muru Aba Bakrin bin Nas. Now Aisha radiallahu anha, for the third time she persisted, Ya Rasulullah, my father, his voice is not that strong and he cries a lot, the people will not be able to understand him. Maybe you can appoint Umar radiallahu anha. Instead, for the third time she said the same thing. Now the Prophet ﷺ, he got angry that she's repeating this. For the third time, even after he told her to command Abu Bakr to do it. So now the Prophet was upset and he said, Inna kunna hibatu Yusuf. You are like the women of the time of Yusuf. Muru Aba Bakrin bin Nas. Order Abu Bakr to come and lead the people in prayer. No one else but Abu Bakr. Again, a very clear indication that it was Abu Bakr who was to take over the Khilafah after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ. The person who is appointed to lead the salah, it is known that he is the Amir, that he is the leader. So the Prophet ﷺ very strictly instructed that it should only be Abu, Abu Bakr عنه, who leads the people in prayer. So Aisha عنها, after the Prophet ﷺ showed that he was upset with her persistence, she went out to get Abu Bakr to lead the people in prayer. So she found Abdullah ibn Zum'ah Abdullah ibn Zum'ah was the brother of Sauda bint Zum'ah. Sauda was one of the wives of the Prophet So Abdullah ibn Zum'ah was actually the brother-in-law of the Prophet So Aisha radiallahu anha found Abdullah ibn Zum'ah and she, she gave him the instruction 
to go and get Abu Bakr to lead the people in prayer. She said to Abdullah ibn Zum'ah, go find Abu Bakr and tell him to come and lead the people in Salatul Isha. So Abdullah ibn Zum'ah, he went out and he, to look for Abu Bakr to tell him to come and lead the people in prayer. But Abu Bakr was actually not in the area at that time. He was at the house of Asma bint Umais, one of the wives of Abu Bakr, who lived actually on the outskirts of Medina. She didn't live right in the city. She lived on the outskirts of the city and that was her day. So Abu Bakr was actually visiting her. So Abdullah bin Zum'ah, when he went to find Abu Bakr, Abu Bakr was not there. So he found Umar instead. Abdullah bin Zum'ah, he found Umar instead. And he told him, you can lead the people in Salatul Isha. Now Abdullah ibn Zum'ah didn't know that it was a, a strict instruction from the Prophet ﷺ that Abu Bakr should lead the prayer. He thought that this was from Aisha, that Aisha saw that the Prophet ﷺ is ill and he's not able to lead the people. So it was her idea to go and, and have Abu Bakr lead the prayer. He thought that it was from Aisha. He didn't realize that this was a strict instruction from the Prophet ﷺ. So when he couldn't find Abu Bakr, he thought, okay, probably the next best person to do it is Umar. So he told Umar, Ya Umar, you can lead the people in Salatul Isha. Now Umar radiallahu an, he thought that this must be an instruction from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abdullah ibn Zum'ah, he's the brother-in-law of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he's telling Umar to lead the prayer. Umar assumed that this must be an instruction from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for me to lead the prayer. So Umar radiallahu an, he went into the masjid and he started leading Salatul Isha. And as soon as he gave his takbir, he said, Allahu Akbar. The voice of Umar bin Khattab was very strong. And the Prophet وسلم, his house was right there attached to the masjid, just separated by a curtain. So the Prophet وسلم, heard the takbir and he knew it was the takbir of Umar ibn al-Khattab. He knew that was not the takbir of Abu Bakr And the Prophet وسلم, was very upset when he heard this. And he said, Aina Abu Bakr, Aina Abu Bakr, where is Abu Bakr, where is Abu Bakr? And he said, That Allah and His Messenger and the believers, they reject anyone but Abu Bakr. They reject anyone to do this except Abu Bakr. Where is Abu Bakr? So then it was realized that this was a very serious matter, that it was only Abu Bakr who was worthy of leading the Salah of the people while the Prophet ﷺ was ill. And this was again another clear sign that it was Abu Bakr who was to be the successor of the Prophet ﷺ as the Amirul Mu'mineen after the passing away of the Prophet ﷺ. So Abu Bakr, he was informed of the situation and he came back to Medina and he started leading the prayers. So he led Isha on that Friday and he led all of the five prayers on Saturday and he led all of the five prayers on Sunday. And he led Salatul Fajr on Monday. Salatul Fajr on Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. Now during these three days, the illness of the Prophet ﷺ continued to increase. His condition continued to deteriorate. He would go in and out of consciousness and the illness became very severe. But on Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal, at Fajr time, on Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal, at Fajr time, the Prophet ﷺ felt some relief and he felt some renewed energy. So while Abu Bakr ﷺ was leading the people in the masjid, he was leading Salatul Fajr in the masjid, the Prophet ﷺ opened the curtain that separated his home from the masjid. 
and he saw the people praying Salatul Fajr. He saw them lined up shoulder to shoulder. He saw them all praying behind Abu Bakr and he smiled that Alhamdulillah the situation is good. The people are praying behind Abu Bakr. Everyone is showing their discipline and their khushu' and their focus. Alhamdulillah the Prophet was very happy to see this and he smiled. Now the companions who were near the curtain, they were praying Salah. They were in the middle of Salah behind Abu Bakr. But they noticed that the curtain had opened and they knew that it was the Prophet ﷺ who had opened that curtain. And they knew that he, was, he had been very ill for the last few days. So when they, when they realized, when they noticed that the curtain was opening, they felt very happy. It means that the Prophet ﷺ is feeling better. He's opening the curtain. Maybe he wants to come. They got so excited even though they were in the middle of Salah. They were in the middle of Salah but they got so excited that they were almost going to break their Salah to go and greet the Prophet ﷺ. That's how excited and how happy they were. But the Prophet ﷺ gave them a signal to not break their prayers and to continue their prayers. And the Prophet ﷺ, he got up and he actually entered the masjid. And the people saw him entering the masjid even though they're in the middle of Salah. And they made room for him. They moved away to make room for him to go towards the front. Abu Bakr he was leading the Salah and he he realized that there was some movement going on behind him. And he knew that the Muslims praying behind him in Salah, they would not move. They would not move except for the Prophet So Abu Bakr realized that it must be Rasulullah who was coming. And then Abu Bakr actually saw the Prophet So he moved back. He moved back to let the Prophet lead. To go in the front and lead. And the Prophet ﷺ gave him a signal, no, stay in your place, don't move back, stay in your place. But Abu Bakr he just praised Allah, he said, Alhamdulillah, and he continued to move back. Even though the Prophet ﷺ told him, stay in your place, Abu Bakr he couldn't do that. And he moved back so that the Prophet ﷺ could lead. So the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw that Abu Bakr was insistent upon this, the Prophet ﷺ went to the left side of Abu Bakr, and he completed leading the salah. The Prophet ﷺ completed leading the salah. And Abu Bakr followed the Prophet. And the people followed Abu Bakr. So Abu Bakr is following the salah of the Prophet ﷺ. And then the people are following the salah of Abu Bakr ﷺ. After the salah was finished, the Prophet ﷺ asked Abu Bakr, Ya Abu Bakr, why did you move back when I told you to stay in your place? Why did you still move back? And then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said, مَا كَانَ لِبْنِي أَبِي قُحَافَ أَنْ يُصَلِّيَ بَيْنَ يَدَيْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. It is not appropriate for the son of Abu Quhafa. That was Abu Bakr himself. It was not appropriate for me to lead the prayer while Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم is here. I could not do that, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he was feeling better at this time. He was feeling some energy at this time. Alhamdulillah. So after Salatul Fajr, he actually gave a talk. He gave a talk to the Sahaba. And this is actually his last khutbah. After Salatul Fajr, on the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal, in the 11th year of the Hijr. This was actually the last khutbah of the Prophet ﷺ. And he gave some certain advices to the people during this time. He said to them, لا تطروني كما أطرت النصارى عيسى بن مريم do not exaggerate in your praise of me as the Christians have exaggerated in their praise for Isa, the son of Maryam. 
do not go to that extent. The Christians, they went to such an extent where they made Isa السلام, an object of worship. So the Prophet warned his ummah from not going to exaggeration in these matters. Do not go overboard and exaggerate in your praise of me as the Christians did to Isa السلام. So he is warning them from committing shirk. Also, he advised them and he told them, لا تتخذوا قبري مسجدا Do not make my grave a masjid. Do not make my grave a place of prayer. Again, he's warning them from anything that can lead to shirk. And he also said to them during this talk, لا يبقين في أرض العرب دينان That two religions cannot coexist in the land of the Arabs. That the land of the Arabs, the Arabian Peninsula, it is only for Islam. It is only for Islam. So from this we understand that it is not allowed for any churches or any synagogues or any temples to be built in the Arabian Peninsula. This should be prevented. That the only religion for the Arabian Peninsula is Al-Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ very clearly stated this. He advised the people about the importance of As-Salah. He said, As-Salah, As-Salah. Make sure you maintain your prayers. Make sure you maintain your prayers. He gave them a very strong instruction regarding this. So he gave them this advice and after this, again he went back to his home. He went back to his home. And he was looking much better, alhamdulillah. He was looking much better. Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said to the Prophet wasallam, Ya Rasulullah, you're looking much better, alhamdulillah. So give me permission to go and see Asma, his wife Asma bint Umais. For the last three days I haven't seen her because Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu was busy leading the salah. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, there's no one there to take care of her. So for the last few days, I haven't even seen her. So I need to go and make sure that you know, everything is okay with her. So I see that you're feeling much better. So give me permission to go and see her. So the Prophet ﷺ gave him permission and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he left. Ali radiallahu anhu, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, he also came to visit the Prophet ﷺ on that morning. And he saw the Prophet ﷺ looking much better. And he actually said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, I see that you have been cured. Alhamdulillah, you're looking so much better, Ya Rasulullah. Ali thought that the Prophet ﷺ was completely cured. So he went out after visiting the Prophet ﷺ and the people asked Ali how is he? How is Rasulullah ﷺ? And Ali told them, Alhamdulillah, he is cured. The crisis is over. Alhamdulillah, he's okay. He has been cured. The people were very happy to hear this, of course. But Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of the Prophet wasallam, he said to Ali, he said, Ya Abul Hassan, I know the signs of death on the children of Abdul Muttalib. I'm very experienced with this. The children of Abdul Muttalib, I can see death on them. I can see when death is coming near to them by their face. And I can see it on the face of Rasulullah. I know death on the faces of the children of Abdul Muttalib. And I can see death on the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So Abbas radiallahu anhu was the first one who got this feeling that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was soon going to pass away sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Later on that same morning, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave away whatever little wealth he had. He gave it all away in sadaqah. And it is said that he only had seven dinars. He had seven dinars. That's it. The leader of mankind, the greatest creation of Allah, he only had seven dinars. 
And he gave it all away in sadaqah before he passed away, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He ordered for his wives to come and see him and he advised them to fear Allah. They listened to his advice and they left. And only Aisha radiallahu anha stayed with him because he was in her home and she was the one who was taking care of him. So it was Aisha radiallahu anha and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And after this, after it seemed that he was getting better, then the condition of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started to deteriorate again. And it reached such a level where it became difficult for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to speak. He couldn't speak. Then Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr, the son of Abu Bakr, the brother of Aisha radiallahu anha, he came to visit the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, by this time he couldn't speak and he was feeling very weak again. And Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr, he had a miswak with him. He had a miswak with him. And the Prophet ﷺ, even though he wasn't speaking, he was looking very intently at that miswak that Abdul Rahman had. Just looking at that miswak. And Aisha radiallahu anha noticed that the Prophet ﷺ is looking at that miswak. He is looking very intently at that miswak. And she understood that he wanted the miswak. He couldn't say it because he was too weak. But she understood that, that he wanted the miswak. So she asked the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, do you want the miswak? Do you want that miswak? And the Prophet ﷺ gave her the signal that yes, he wants the miswak. So Aisha radiallahu anha asked her brother, Abdurrahman, can I have the miswak? And of course, Abdurrahman gave her the miswak. And Aisha radiallahu anha, before giving it to the Prophet ﷺ, she chewed it herself to make it soft. She chewed it herself to make it soft so that the Prophet ﷺ could use it. So she chewed it and she softened it and then she gave it to the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ started to use it to clean his mouth. And Aisha radiallahu anha, she says, I never saw him use the miswak so thoroughly as he used it on that day. He used it very thoroughly. So he wanted to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his best form. So he, so he cleaned his mouth with that miswak very thoroughly. Then, Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr, he left. So it was only Aisha radiallahu anha and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Only the two of them in the house now. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he's very weak. He's very ill and he's sweating a lot. So Aisha radiallahu anha took some water and she put it on the face of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this helped him a little. This helped him a little bit to the extent where he could speak again. And he said, La ilaha illallah, inna lil mawti sakarat. La ilaha illallah, inna lil mawti la sakarat. La ilaha illallah. Surely there is no one worthy of worship except Allah. Inna lil mawti sakarat. Surely death, it has its pains and its pangs. So this was the condition of the Prophet ﷺ. Then the Prophet ﷺ lost consciousness for a while. And he was lying down with his head on the thigh of Aisha radiallahu anha. He was lying down with his head resting on the thigh of Aisha radiallahu anha. And he was unconscious. And then after some time, he regained consciousness again. He regained consciousness again and he looked towards the sky and he said, Rather, I want the high companionship of the people of paradise. I want the high companionship of the people of paradise. 
And Aisha radiallahu anha, she understood what this meant, that the Prophet ﷺ is saying this. Because the Prophet ﷺ had said before, he said that all prophets are given a choice. At the time of their death, all prophets are given a choice. Do you want to continue living or do you want to leave this dunya and go to Jannah? They're all given a choice and they give their answer to that. So when Aisha radiallahu anha heard the Prophet ﷺ saying, Rather, I want the high companionship. I want the high companionship in Jannah. She realized that the Prophet ﷺ was just asked this question. He was given his choice and he had made his choice not to stay in this world, but rather to have the companionship of the inhabitants of Jannah. And when she heard this and she understood this, she knew that this is it, that the Prophet ﷺ is now leaving this dunya. And she said, إِذَنْ لَا يَخْتَارُنَا He is not choosing us. He is not choosing to stay with us. And after the Prophet ﷺ said this, بَلِ الرَّفِيقِ الْأَعْلَى These were the final words of the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ in this dunya. And then his soul was taken, ﷺ. And he passed away, ﷺ. So this was the passing away of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, the leader of all mankind. This is how he left this dunya wasallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the honor of dying as a shaheed. He died as a martyr because it was the effect of the poison that he had on the day of Khaybar. It was the effect of that poison which was the cause of his death. As he said, فَهَذَا أَوَانْ وَجَدْتْ إِنْقِطَاعَ أَبْهَرِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ السُّمْ Now I am feeling that the effects of this poison is causing my aorta to be cut. So it was the effects of this poison that caused the death of the Prophet So Allah gave him the honor of dying as a shaheed, of dying as a martyr When the Prophet passed away, Aisha radiallahu anha, of course she cried. And the news spread amongst the people that the Prophet has passed away. And the people cried. Some people believed it. Some people couldn't believe it. They said, no, this cannot be true. Umar was one of those who denied it. He said, no, this is not true. He came in and he said, no, he is just unconscious. He is just unconscious and he has gone to meet his Lord like Musa went to meet his Lord. And he will come back. And when he comes back, he will strike the necks of those people who said that he has died. Then Umar he went to the masjid and he started to address the people and he's saying Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam did not die and whoever is saying that he died I will strike his neck with my sword Umar radiallahu anhu was very emotional the news reached Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu who was not in town at that time he had gone to visit his wife because he thought that the condition of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had improved but when the news reached him he immediately came quickly back to Medina and when he came back to Medina he saw all of the commotion he saw the people in chaos, but he didn't pay any attention to that. He went straight to the home of his daughter. He went straight to the home of Aisha radiallahu anha to see for himself, is it true? Is the news true? He went and he saw the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was covered. Abu Bakr radiallahu uncovered the face of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he saw indeed that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had passed away and he had left this dunya. And Abu Bakr radiallahu anha he kissed the forehead of the Prophet ﷺ and he said, You are so beautiful alive and even in death, Ya Rasulullah. And then Abu Bakr said to the Prophet, ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, the death that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for you, you have tasted it. 
and you will never taste it again. You will never taste it again. Now, the Prophet ﷺ will be in complete peace and comfort. So when Abu Bakr had confirmed for himself that yes, the Prophet ﷺ had actually passed away, he went to the masjid and he saw Umar still speaking to the people, telling the people, the Prophet ﷺ has not died, he is still alive. And, the, and Abu Bakr told Umar, Ya Umar, stop, stop. But Umar wouldn't listen and he continued to address the people. So Abu Bakr he himself started to address the people. He praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he asked for blessings and peace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then the people started to gather around Abu Bakr. And then Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said his famous words, مَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ مُحَمَّدًا فَإِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا قَدْ مَات وَمَنْ كَانَ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ حَيٌّ لَا يَمُوتُ That whoever used to worship Muhammad, then surely Muhammad has passed away. But whoever worshipped Allah, then Allah is the one who is alive and he never dies. And then Abu Bakr recited the ayah from Surah Ali Imran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا مُحَمَّدٌ إِلَّا رَسُولٌ قَدْ خَلَتْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ الرُّسُلُ أَفَإِمْ مَاتَ أَوْ قُتِلًا قَلَبْتُمْ عَلَىٰ أَعْقَابِكُمْ وَمَنْ يَنْقَلِبْ عَلَىٰ عَقِبَيْهِ فَلَنْ يَضُرَّ اللَّهَ شَيْئًا وَسَيَجْزِي اللَّهُ الشَّاكِرِينَ that Muhammad is only a messenger and many messengers have passed away before him. If he were to die or if he were killed, would you turn back on your heels? And whoever turns back upon his heels, whoever turns back upon his heels, this will not harm Allah at all. He will not harm Allah at all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward the people who are thankful. So when Umar radiallahu an and the others from amongst the companions heard Abu Bakr radiallahu an recite this ayah. It was as if they had heard it for the first time. They, they had forgotten about this ayah during the emotion of the moment. But when Abu Bakr radiallahu an recited this ayah, that Muhammad is only a messenger and many messengers have passed away before him. If he dies or if he is killed, will you turn back on your heels? So when they heard this ayah, they realized that yes, the Prophet Muhammad he has actually passed away. He has left this dunya. Umar when he heard Abu Bakr recite the ayah, it was as if he had heard it for the first time. And he says, when I heard Abu Bakr recite the ayah, my legs were cut off. My legs were cut off from beneath me. And I fell down to the ground. Because then it hit him. He realized that yes, the Prophet Muhammad was no longer amongst them. So the whole city of Medina, they were crying. The city of Medina shook with the cries and the tears of the people. They were so saddened. This was the saddest day of their life. Rather, it is the saddest day in the history of mankind. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they had to go through that calamity. None of the calamities that we have ever faced or will ever face in this world can compare to the calamity that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had to endure with the passing away of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the time for dhuhr came. And salah, it must continue. The time for dhuhr came. So Bilal radiallahu anhu, who was the mu'adhin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he went to call the adhan, his first adhan, without the Prophet So he called the Adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. 
But when he got to Ashhadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, he could not complete it. He could not complete it. He could not complete the Adhan and he left it. And he said, Wallahi, I will not give the Adhan for anyone else after Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Bilal radiallahu an, he couldn't even stay in Medina. Just staying in Medina, everything was a reminder of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he couldn't even stay in Medina. He left and he went to Asham. So Bilal radiallahu an, he could not complete the Adhan. The Muslims gathered and after some discussion amongst the Muhajireen and the Ansar, it was agreed upon that Abu Bakr radiallahu an would be the Khalifa. That Abu Bakr radiallahu an would become the Amirul Mu'mineen. And as we mentioned, there were many signs and many indications that the Prophet sallallahu gave that Abu Bakr radiallahu an was the one who should take this responsibility. The blessed body of the Prophet sallallahu was bathed by Ali ibn Abi Talib and Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib and Al-Fadl ibn Al-Abbas and Al-Quthum ibn Al-Abbas and Usama ibn Zayd. They washed the blessed body of the Prophet in his clothes. They did not remove his clothes. The body of the Prophet was bathed while he was clothed. The people, they prayed the janazah on the Prophet Imagine how hard that must have been. Praying the janazah prayer on the Prophet the people, they prayed the janazah prayer on the Prophet ﷺ, not in jama'ah. Rather, everyone prayed individually. So groups would enter and everyone would pray the janazah individually. There was no imam. And a group would enter and everyone would pray individually. Then they would leave. Then another group would enter and they would pray individually and leave. Everyone in Medina wanted to pray the janazah of the Prophet ﷺ. So the men, they prayed. The women, they prayed. Even the children, they came. And they prayed the janazah over the Prophet ﷺ. And of course, that took, took a long time for all of them to come and do that. And this went on and on for a period of time. The following day, the next day was Tuesday. The Prophet ﷺ passed away on Monday, the 12th of Rabi'ul Awwal. The next day was Tuesday, the 13th of Rabi'ul Awwal. So Tuesday went, and then the night time came. After the day of Tuesday, the night time came. And it was time to bury the Prophet ﷺ. And he was buried in the same location where he died. He was buried in the same location where he died because of the hadith that was narrated by Abu Bakr that the Prophet said, ما دفن نبي قط إلا في مكانه الذي توفي فيه that no prophet was ever buried except in the location where he died. So every prophet that dies, he has to be buried in the same location. So the Prophet was buried where he died. They dug, they dug under the place where he died and they buried him right there. After they buried the Prophet ﷺ on that night, Ali ﷺ, he went back to Fatima, his wife, the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ. And of course, she was so sad. She lost her father ﷺ. And she asked Ali ﷺ, after he came back from the burial, she asked Ali ﷺ, how were you able to put dirt on the body of the Prophet ﷺ. How were you able to do it? How were you able to bury my father ﷺ? She was so sad. This was the greatest musibah, the greatest, the greatest calamity in the history of mankind. But Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Sahaba strength. He gave them the strength and the courage to continue. To continue to live according to the sunnah 
of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yes, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had left this dunya, but his sunnah would remain alive. And the companions would continue to live according to the sunnah that was taught to them by their beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the spread of Islam continued, alhamdulillah. The legacy of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam continued and it still continues to this day. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send his peace and his blessings upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And with this, we conclude our lessons on the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. And I hope you all have benefited and enjoyed. And I hope that through these lessons, your love for the Messenger of Allah ﷺ has increased. And your desire to follow him has increased, inshaAllah. I hope that you have gained benefit from this, bi'ithnillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this from all of us. And I would like to thank all of you for being part of this beautiful journey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all. اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين